welcome to Do the Right Film. My name's Thomas. My name is Sean. <clears throat> My name is Steve. And I'm Harvey Gladden. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Uh, the gang's all here again. I know it's been a, a long time since we've all been together. Let's say like four weeks now or something, it feels like. Some shit like that, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. Um, <laughs> late November, early December was a crazy uh, four month, or four weeks for us. Everybody's for us going all. away. People calling out. <laughs> People <Okay>. calling out. <laughs> Who's calling out? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. But uh, we're back. Uh, we're coming at you this week uh, with a discussion of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This is a... Uh, Directed by uh, Bob Pershetti. Peter Ramsey. It's an animated movie, so the, you know the, there's three directors here. I'm sure they all had different jobs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And our topic uh, this week, we're going to be talking about animated. No, I'm sorry, not animated films. Live uh, action. Live films. action films that would be better as animated films. Uh, sometimes. Yeah concepts don't translate well uh, to live action so sometimes it's better to just leave it to the cartoons you know what I'm saying yes yeah sure <laughs> and uh, my voice is a little blown out today tell us tell us why um, well, you're coming in hot I'm uh, always coming in hot I uh, may have done karaoke last night and and um, it was great and I'll tell you why it was a new experience for me because they had added uh Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's uh, Shallow from A Star is Born to the uh, catalog. Oh, did they? Yep. <laughs> Me and uh, Taffy, we had a little duet uh, for that song. It was very cute. Uh, yeah. How is everyone's month, <laughs> I guess? Um, It's sad because the year is almost over, and I felt like this year flew by. Maybe it was long for you guys. I don't know. Uh, I feel completely different. I feel like it didn't fly by for Really? Me. Yeah. It most certainly flew by for me. Yeah, I think it went by very quickly. I wish we could all live the slow life like, like Steve. Yeah, I like taking things in. I just like taking long I strolls. I feel like it was j- recently hot and muggy in my room. <laughs> Wait, like, did you have like the, I was like, ha- I was you the heat AC on? on and shit. No, yeah. I'm talking about like <laughs> summer just ended. Oh. It's weird. I think what it is is global warming. Could yeah. Be. I think the, the drastic change. You think it's distorting our sense of time? Yeah, because, like, the seasons are, like, they turn on a dime a little bit more extremely now. That could be it. Or life is meaningless. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's probably a mixture <laughs> a of both. both. Yeah. Oh, all right. But that's how it's been. Um, Christmas is coming soon. Anybody bought point? anything new yet for anybody? Uh, did you? I was going to ask you if you bought anything. Um, unfortunately, my girlfriend, uh, her birthday was, like, Two weeks ago. So you don't have to give a shit. And then Christmas is like two weeks from now. I know you got her something pretty cool. Yeah, and I like, I like the gift that you got her. Well, I got her a Switch, but that means I got to get her something else again. Just That's get her a Switch game. Well, I was I was telling her, because um, I bought her uh, the Switch and Pokemon. So I was like, the Switch was for your birthday and Pokemon was for Christmas. And she was like, nah. <laughs> and nah. I told her you got to <laughs> wait to open it. <laughs> she did. But uh, nah, that doesn't work like that. And I got to buy... Gifts for family. Like being an adult, like when I was a kid, or not not even a kid, like up to like twenty four, I wouldn't buy shit. Um, but now I'm obligated to buy stuff like. So wait, I love wait, I love this new dude. I love this new Sean because he just got a haircut. <laughs> yeah, he is like wearing a sweater, like a sw- dude. You just like you're an adult. I always now. wear sweaters. I know, but like today you look like very much. A, yeah, because I usually man. look like a like a hobo, like, like a, a panhandler, a little man. He's, like a, little, he's <laughs> a little man now. 
<laughs> I'm like walking around town, taking the train Union Square and shit, and going to JC Penny <laughs> to buy people gifts. Grabbing some passion fruit from the farmer's market. Yeah. He's like, he's like <laughs> put it in like a fucking paper bag, not even plastic, and holding it with like the celery coming out the bag and shit. <laughs> Anyways. What are you doing? That's it for me. All right. Man, Sean has left the podcast and then he came back a, a grown man. A grown, wholesome man. <laughs> Going to farmer's markets and shit. Well, uh, how is everyone else's week? What about month? you, Steve? You tell, you tell us about your uh, last few weeks. <sighs> it's been very, just very exhausting. Uh, I went to uh, Art Basel. It was my first Art Basel ever. Nice. Have you been? Nope. I was in like design school in, in Florida, and they were always like offering us like group discount trips down there. But I don't like humans. So Actually, I what? Go. How, how is? <laughs> What's a group discount trip like? Well, I mean, you could just drive your car there for like. Yeah, but the t- if you go with the group, the the tickets for all the shit was like cut in half. Really? And then, uh, and they were like set up some lodging deal for the students and stuff, so yeah. you could save money on that. But you know, I agree. I would rather just drive and pay the full price and to just be alone. Do, yeah, just, <laughs> just do your own thing. So that's why I never weird, weird like class thing, uh, field trip, I guess. But that's yeah, weird. That was my first for a couple days, and yeah. It was expensive trying to get in the shit. Really? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was cool, I guess. Oh. Yeah, that was my first one. It's fucking insane down there during that week. It's Florida traffic is fucking... Miami traffic's bullshit, but I realize that just I think in general, there's everywhere. It's like bullshit New York, when it New comes York to is traffic. worse. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Uh, Yeah, no, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Just been working a lot. Uh, I had to travel down there for work, so I was just shooting a whole bunch of like events and... I'm just ready for uh I'm just ready for a break. I'm ready for uh vacation. Christmas time. That's vacation? Oh, you got off work? Well yeah, I got like I got over a week off. Nice. So I'm just gonna enjoy that time. And then uh and I'm going back to Florida. So I just came back a week ago and I'm going right fucking back next week. So it's <laughs> oh. like it's like what is the point anymore? If I, if I you know, I'm not going anywhere, no. Yeah, it's like it's like I'm literally just I have to go visit family now. I'm like You should have like, just fuck. took that one day you had in Florida, visit them, and then you can cross that off your list and then just not have to worry about it. That's called efficiency. It's called efficiency, right. but I just I didn't know I was going until like a day before. It's called thinking ahead. And I'm like, I was like, oh, like Steve, you're gonna go, to, you're gonna go to Miami. We're buying you a ticket right now. I'm like, oh, dope. So tell them you're afraid of flying. No, because when cooler trips get popped up, like you know, and that shit happens later on. Like, oh, Steve doesn't want to go to. Uh, yeah. He's he afraid like, of flying. He doesn't. Oh, Paris? Nah, he doesn't like trips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I got over it. <laughs> so yeah, that's been my week. It's just a whole lot of. Just been traveling and then just working. And that's it. Cool. Nothing man. crazy. That's cool. What about you, Harvey? Um, Harvey, didn't you go on a tr- just wait? You already talked about. It yeah, last I talked week. about it on last episode, and I guess this. Can you reiterate everything for me and Thomas? No, I listened to it, so he doesn't yeah. need to do that. And you were in the room. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot room. I was in the room. <laughs> I think I. Steve sh- misses so many podcasts while being present. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's so. It's weird. a weird dynamic. He's just sitting next to us, but not participating. Kind of disrespectful. It's like our friendship with Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bird that of a person a, you guys don't even know. Like, yeah, don't even the know listeners don't even know. Yeah. Sorry, um, Sorry for the voice. inside jokes. Yeah, that was a um, bro, that was a good one. 
yeah my week was pretty good um it was like my week back from the from the trip so um it was mostly trying to get to sleep if i'm honest and trying to get back to a normal sleeping schedule um, you seem really relaxed right now yeah, yeah you're wearing like some you're, wait yeah, you're wearing, wearing like sweat pants and sweat you're like an inmate <laughs> right now an inmate <laughs> that's racist well, i don't because he's black because inmates wear a lot of sweats uh, oh, this is like uh yeah you do you. you look man comfortable Wait, right now i'm comfortable because i've never seen anybody wear like, the sweatpants and the sweatshirt it's like when you when you're walking around the city and you actually see people wearing like the fucking nike or adidas track suits yeah. like they're wearing like and they're matching and on top of that they got the fucking shoes like in the same that's color. a big thing in england dude this is like guys wearing it's a weird suits. sight because you're like i didn't think people dress like this yeah you might as well be wearing velour velour mm-hmm. yeah i don't know um <laughs> I just feel comfortable, and I don't like that y'all are making me feel bad for feeling comfortable. <laughs> nah, man. I mean, yeah, you gotta keep the the inmates comfortable, so that's why they wear those. Uh, yeah. How was your week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my week. Uh, what, so I guess I wasn't here last week, right? Yeah. What were you doing? I forgot. Um, working. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. You, you, always call, you always call it for work. Well, it's so funny because um, I went and saw the movie. And I knew that, oh. like, I actually texted Steve. I was like, what if there's a chance that my shoot that I'm working on that day runs late and me seeing the movie tonight is all in vain and I could just go home and relax instead? Hey, at least you'd have a movie to review. Right, right. Well, I have a movie that I lost a game to to review, too. Oh, but, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's like, it's a couple weeks old. If I even watched it, I don't even remember at this point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, my week was good. I... I We've been working on this um, this studio gig for a while now. I'm actually going to be going in this week, too. But essentially just bouncing around, working the freelance life like I always dreamed. Um, nice. It's basically super scary. But like at the same time, not having a boss and not having to ask for days off is just like... It's one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. If you can balance it and if you can make it freelance, holy shit, is it cool. You could say no. You could be like, uh, hey, we need someone on uh, Tuesday the 12th. Uh, can you work? You could just say no. <laughs> you just be like, I just want to sit at home and play Super but Smash But the thing Bros. about freelance, you got to get it where you can get it. I know. You always, I mean, unless you're like swamped, you know. Yeah. I've I've been like working like, like fucking nine days straight and then like one random gig will pop up next week. And I'll be like, no, nah, I'm going to use that for my day off and just not take it. Now I regret that. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But other than that, I didn't really do much, man. Just working, playing a lot of Super uh, Smash Bros. Yesterday was your birthday, so. Oh, yeah, it was my birthday yesterday. Karaoke was sang for celebrating my final year of my On 20s. Earth. When you're 20s. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just trying to live like fucking Keith Richards or it's something. It's weird, right? When, remember when you first turned like your. 20, like 2021. 20, You're like, oh, my teens are over. Yeah. But honestly, like, I don't know, man. It's very existential. But yeah, you seem like you're like, <laughs> really? <laughs> no, the crisis. On, on, on I don't air. know. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that there's some longer break, extension of life expectancy by the time I get old. So that nah, 30 this is really it. isn't. Soak it in, man. This is yeah. all it. Like, if we could live to like 120, I guess 30 isn't too bad. 
and like still be relatively healthy at 80. And young looking. You think there's chances that our generation will live to 120? Nope. Well, there could be some drug breakthrough. Imagine or... if you still look the way you look right now, but still live that long. That wouldn't be so bad. No, but imagine Maybe. if it all just like happened slower. Yeah. Like I looked like this until I was 40. And then when I when I turn like 50, I start to look like I'm 40. And then when you're 80, That's you like look kind of like you're 60. Yeah. Yeah, like Asian people, exactly. <laughs> oh, they lived to 120. <laughs> All right. That's it for me. I don't really have anything notable to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> he has the life expectancy of an Asian person, but he's white. Dude. The plot. <laughs> you, you were born old and ended up old as well. <laughs> the worst and the funniest joke I've heard. All the, all the white people around me are <laughs> decrepit. And I'm just like this young <laughs> spark. <laughs> you want to talk about movies? No, Let's do it. Really. Show them. Should I go first since Might I've well. lost? Okay. Oh, yeah. I got, I think this is a do the right film first. I got two losers that are uh, both reviewing movies for me at the same time. Oh, wow. Maybe, yeah. On the same you're episode. Really, you're really uh, reaping the benefits right now. Yeah, yeah I've been rolling good. All right, so I think a couple weeks ago, Harvey assigned me a movie due to my poor uh, hand rolling. Um, I watched The House of the Devil. You guys familiar with this movie? Yeah. 2009 horror movie by Ty West. Um, I don't. I don't. That's think a I've, weird choice. It is, but it's Harvey. Should have so. gave him the Innkeepers. That's a good one. So this is um, starring uh, Jocelyn uh, Donahue, Tom Noonan, uh, Greta Gerwig. She's hot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, sure. That's pretty much it. There's other people. But the uh, synopsis for this film is uh, in 1983, financially struggling college student Samantha Hughes takes a strange babysitting job. Oh, damn, I got to click more. That coincides with a full lunar eclipse. She slowly realizes her clients harbor... Harbor... Oh, oh shit. Can you guys teach me how to read real quick? She slowly realizes her clients harbor a terrifying secret, putting her life in mortal danger. All right. Um, seems like a movie that Harvey would assign me, for sure. Does it? Yeah, so basically, uh, the movie starts, you meet this... Um, desperate timid college girl who just got an apartment uh she doesn't know how she's gonna pay for it she's kind of desperate and just say what so she got an apartment and then doesn't know how to pay for it that's like the weirdest thing to ever do well she's she just needed to get out of the dorm so bad she's like oh she got approved for an apartment but she doesn't quite have the money for the security deposit at at this Hmm. time this girl doesn't seem like she makes very good decisions (laughs) well She's handed. She's like, wait, I don't have a job. Yeah, like, she like, is in a horror movie, so yeah. All right, we'll see where hey. this goes. Um, so she sees a flyer around school, it says babysitter needed. She has. Um, all right, I should mention that the character I really like in this is uh, Tom Noonan. That's his name. Yeah, he he plays the person who hires her, and on the phone he's just so creepily monotone. Um, and everything's very suspicious that comes out of his mouth, but she's like so desperate. She doesn't really notice it. Um, eventually she goes to this house, um, via 
her friend Greta Gerwig driving her, and the guy's really creepy and kind of spooks them out a little bit. Um, but she's like, I really need the money. He's like, I'll pay, please stay. I'll pay you triple. And um, Greta Gerwig's like, don't fucking do it. I'm telling you, don't do it. And she's like, it's fine. This is huge for me. This money could, like, you know, save my my current situation. So she says, against Greta Gerwig's character's uh, advice. And, uh, yeah, things ensue. I would say this movie uh, is one of the most weirdly paced horror movies I've watched. There's probably a lot of them out there like this. I'm just not well-versed in horror movies, but... Essentially, it's just eerie, creepy uh, interactions for the first half of the movie, possibly even longer than that. Uh, And then the nitty-gritty is all jam-packed at the end. Um, And I don't know, I kind of liked it. It it means they weren't reaching for scares the whole time like a lot of uh, horror movies do. Uh, I think they're just... like You know how some horror movies just have... You know, open the cupboard and then jump scare or whatever. But, you know, we're still 20 minutes away from any real action. This movie doesn't bother with any of that. Just kind of uh, building up a a very slow burning tension without any jump scares. It works. It's an enjoyable movie, I think. I think I kind of uh, liked it. <laughs> it's not my style of movie, for Did you sure. like the opening credits? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. Um, I like the ending credits, too. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the ending, I'm not <laughs> not so sure about, <laughs> but it was okay. Um, I'd probably give it like a, a three, uh, but I think if you like horror movies, um, this is a nice homage to some older films. It feels way older than it is. It's shot on film, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be shot on film, uh, even though it was made only like ten years ago, nine years ago. Um, yeah, it just feels very. You know, it feels 80s, and it was shot as if it was 1983, so it really works. There's no no shortcomings there. It all it all works pretty good. Just saw the trailer. It looks pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a solid little. I don't know what you what type of horror you classify. It's not a slasher, really. Yeah, this is more like a. It's more like an 80s thriller for the most part. Um, yeah. It's not like, like the horror elements don't really kick in until like later in the film. For sure. Yeah. Um yeah, probably three out of five. Or can we watch this this joint? Shutter. You can start a free trial like I did, then cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> or you could keep it and explore the service. Yeah, just you know, expand your episode horizons. is brought to you by Shutter, by the way. Yeah, maybe when they do I'll reinstate my my account. Yeah, I've been slacking on my shutter reviews. Honestly, <clears throat> I just don't like horror enough to to pay the five bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will talk about another movie real quick just to catch up with you guys on the favorite. You seen it, Steve? You didn't no, see it? No, I didn't see it. It's right up your alley, bro. Actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. You like you like the bad period pieces. You yeah. like the drear. I like the dreary stuff. This movie is not dreary. No. Uh, so so yeah, they reviewed this last week. Obviously, year goes Lanthimos. Um, I don't know if I don't remember if I listened to the entire podcast or I missed it, but like, I think you guys are comparing this a lot to his other movies. But um, the re like the reason why this one's so different is because he didn't write it. So I, I feel like we should mention that. 
Did we compare it? I don't remember comparing it. No, you guys are saying like, oh. I think we said it was more accessible than than the others. Right. Well, the reason for that is because he didn't write it. So I think that's why the dialogue is more comedic and snappy. Yeah. And not weird. and but Even though I love the way he writes. He, uh, I think he, uh, it's funny, actually, you can tell that he directed this, but didn't write it. <laughs> like, it's very, it's very interesting how that works, how their styles can peek through that way. So yeah, Yorgos Lanthimos directed it, you know, writers, uh, Deborah Davis, Tony McNamara, starring Emma Stone, Olivia Coleman, Rachel Wise, Nick, Nick Holt. Nick Holt comes with, uh, one of his best performances, for sure, I, I believe. I think of him, I think, just think of Steve Holt. Yeah. Every time I think of him, I think of um, Jennifer Lawrence's fappening pictures. I don't know why. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. But yeah, the favorite, uh, I really enjoyed it. Not going to trample on it anymore because you guys did last week. But yeah, uh, it's just the perfect balance of like drama, emotion, comedy. Like, I don't know, it all, it all fits pretty well and, and i really enjoyed it steve you should watch it man yeah i've been that's one film i'm super excited to uh try to watch this there's some really year. really really funny moments um a lot of them regarding nick holt he, he has some good scenes and he just looks just fucking stupidly <laughs> he's outrageous in this movie the way he uh is dressed all the time yeah. i hate what i like about it though is that i hate um Victorian shit. It's just not like I hate the douchiness and like it just comes down to my my grassroots uh, communism. I'm just kidding, I'm not a communist, but just the the way that they treated the people lower than them and, and just how fucking pretentious they were. Um, it make, it's why I don't like watching Victorian centered period pieces because I hate those people. Um, but this movie uh, does a good job at, at kind of um, shedding some light on why they're terrible people uh, sometimes, and, and in, in a comedic way too. So it's it's pretty good. Right. And there's a lot of twists and turns and un- unexpected things that happen in the the movie that they didn't pull any punches. And I didn't think they would at Jergo's Land the most, but yeah, overall, probably give it a four and a half. Wow, so yeah, it's one of the better films of the year. I think we both gave it four and a half, too. Wow. It's solid, Steve. Solid. Emma Stone. Phenomenal. Could have swore she was British. Wow. Nails the accent. All right, I've checked this out. Yeah, man. It's crazy, like her career and where she's come from. I know. (laughs) Fucking super bad. She went from like barely getting a role in super bad. Super bad was like a a year ago, too, or something. It feels like. (laughs) Yeah. You guys' perception of time is so odd. <laughs> no, but I mean, it just seems like I was graduating high school. Emma Stone was in Superbad. She was not relevant. Now she's like A-list. She's always been A-list to me. Oh, oh, yeah. In Superbad, you're like, that girl's going to be a star. No, I saw her. I was just like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. That's it for me, though. That's all I've watched in two weeks, if you can believe it. <laughs> I can believe it. Well, it's because Super Smash Bros. came out. <laughs> yes, and, and once I saw you were playing that uh, the Smash Brothers game everyone's talking about uh, on your Nintendo. Uh, also, if you want my uh, Nintendo Switch friend code, hit me up and you want to play. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Tom's not going to want to do anything. Message, email, do the right film. 
on do with the right your friend Nintendo com. friend code. We'll put the friend code in in the description. podcast description. Yeah. No, it, this is like a 100% thing. We should definitely do you that. You might actually get a, a bunch of people. <laughs> I will await my challengers. <laughs> uh, Harvey, did you see anything interesting? But someone else lost. I think. Yeah. Uh, I lost shit. the game. Oh, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. What did you What did you have to watch? Harvey assigned me a uh, body double. Yeah. Palm film. Um, so, uh, body double. Never seen it before. Um, bought it on Amazon for three ninety nine. It wasn't uh, available anywhere else, fortunately. I just fucking spent money on this <laughs> shit. Because <laughs> I was so resentful. <laughs> Couldn't find it for free. Yeah. Um, should I read the synopsis? Why not? Nah. Just a brief one. <clears throat> While peering through a beautiful home's <laughs> telescope one night, Jake spies a gorgeous blonde dancing in her window. But when he witnesses the girl's murder, it leads Scully through the neighborhood, the another world of adult entertainment industry on a search for answers uh, with porn actress Holly Body in his guide. I feel like. Well, for somebody who, did, who uh, didn't know anything about this movie, that synopsis kind of gives away a lot. Yeah, it does. Like a big plot point. But anyways, uh, sorry about that. I've never seen it, so <laughs> like I don't want to watch well, it Well, because the the film starts off with him uh, meeting this uh, acquaintance of his. He, uh, Jake Scully, who, who plays uh, an actor in the film, kind of like a, I would say on the maybe on the cusp of like struggling and breaking into like a successful role, somewhere along those lines. Uh, he, one, uh, during one audition, he meets this uh, fellow acquaintance actor of his. Um, they go to a bar after the audition. Uh, Jake tells him that uh, he was kicked out of his uh, girlfriend's house because he walked in on her cheating on him. Brutally, by the way. Like, she was, like, fully nude riding some other dude, and he walks in after work one day. That's pretty rough. Yeah. Goes to the bar. He, he relapses. I guess he was an alcoholic. Um, so he's sort of in this downward spiral. He kind of lost his jo- one of his acting gigs, and he meets his friend who tells him, hey, I can give you this uh, job temporarily where you can actually find house and, and also get paid. Um, and uh, that's basically housing at this kind of like a weird modern home structure that's kind of like this octagon that's on this giant stilt that's looking over uh, downtown or all of Los Angeles. And... Uh, his friend introduces him to this t- telescope uh, in one of the windows that's pointing to across the street at this other mansion of this beautiful uh, woman who dances pretty much uh, in lingerie every night on the dot. Uh, he immediately becomes um, captivated by her to the point where he starts to follow her uh, throughout the film. Uh, there's a good po- I would say the first half of the movie, he's kind of uh, this creep, this pervert. He, he seems almost perverted. He's watching his girl, then he's like following her around town because he's one, he's captivated by her, and two, he thinks that somebody else is following her, which uh, in turns that somebody is. Um, eventually, as uh, I'm just gonna fucking say it, in the, uh, I already read it anyway. She gets murdered by this person, this other person that's uh, following her, and then s- the movie picks up on another. I would say it, it picks up very differently, where he uh, spots this porn actor. Um, dancing the same way the girl across the street was dancing and he suspects that they're related somehow and the movie starts to twist and turn some shit starts to happen and then um things start to unravel for him um i would definitely say i was not a fan of the first half of this movie uh 
one it almost seemed i guess i didn't know too much about the movie but while watching i was like okay they're they're ripping off or brian de palma i wouldn't say rip off but it's highly influenced by uh hitchcock uh feels like rear window and also vertigo because his character suffers from like whatever the phobia is claustrophobia is that what he has in the movie um like in yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. even tight spaces like in tunnels and shit like that yeah. he gets like these weird seizures like seizure like uh um ticks where he's uh he feels uh like he can't like move and he's like paralyzed um so there's that so that's kind of like vertigo in a way and also the voyeurism is kind of like a rear window so i guess he was influenced by uh hitchcock um so the first half of the movie i was not a fan it was kind of cheesy because there's a there's a scene where he does uh finally uh meets the girl across the street there's like a weird scene where they're like kissing outside of a tunnel and the camera spin around 360 and there's that that classic like uh 1980s or um actress where she's like no jack i can't after like just making out him for like already three minutes <laughs> i can't like do it i'm not that girl she like runs away and the music's super cheesy and then some shit happens uh that i wasn't expecting and the movie picks up very very noirish kind of like chinatown in a way He's uh, trying to basically uh, unsolve this mystery, and the mystery is pretty, uh, pretty entertaining. And uh, I, um, overall, I really did like this movie. It was long; it was like two hours long. Wasn't expecting that for a nineteen eighties film. Um, I would say this is kind of like um, probably his most strangest Brian De Palma's strangest film. I would say based on like his uh, filmography, it's very different. It's very like midnight esque, like sleazy, and there's a lot of titties in the movie. Um, a lot of nudity. I was at titties in the movie. A lot of nudity that I was uh, wasn't expecting. There's a weird scene where he's uh, he's in a is is a porno. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's in a porno. Walking, walking through this. So. Yeah, it's a weird scene. It was pretty uh, pretty out there. It's pretty cool though. Did like that was probably one of my favorite scenes. Um, there's some there is some corny stuff in the movie, but I think that's kind of like the style that he was going for this sleazy cheap look. Um, I think it's like just satire. There's yeah, a it's, satire a, it's a weird it. satire. And the, like I said, the first half of the movie, I, I didn't know that's essentially what he's trying to pull off, but uh, it worked. Um, yeah, I did enjoy the movie. It's a really good slow burn. It's a good thriller. Uh, I do like the look of it. I like that they glorified um, him as a pervert, pretty much, and how that plays out for him in the end. Uh, and uh, yeah, big fan. I would recommend this movie. I'm glad uh, you gave it to me because I would never come across this. The only thing I've knew uh, knew about this movie is uh, in uh, American Psycho, he references it as his favorite movie, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would give it a four out of five if I had to give give it a retro rating, four to five. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite Brian De Palma movies. Um, I first saw it when I was a kid. It would come on HBO like all the time, but I remember as a kid it was just like, yeah, there's like a bunch of a bunch like, of titties yeah. everywhere. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. But then, like, Jeez. as I go older, there's a full on porn scene. Yeah, there's like a there's like an actual porn scene as he runs through like a porn set. It's weird. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really strange movie, and it like does like bring those Hitchcock influences together with like the like the modern like 80s, and it makes it like sleazy and dark at the end when like the noir shit kicks in. It's just like the perfect like uh, combination of uh, styles and yeah. themes. It's cool. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, um, it's weird. I feel like this film really only works in like its time period. I feel like now would just be regarded as a, like a ripoff. Of, yeah, like, Hitchcock. But uh, I mean, everything's a ripoff at this point. Yeah, but this one's, this one's like uh, on the nose. But yeah, good watch. Check it out.
three ninety nine on Amazon. Three ninety nine. Yeah, forty eight hours you get. You you want to mm-hmm. talk about something else? That actually, this is the only thing I watched this week. I've been watching a lot of TV shows, trying to catch up on shit. You oh, playing yeah. Smash Bros? Um, no, I've been watching people playing Smash no matter where I go. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? It's terrible. It's like we're all united again. It's weird. Um, I guess I'll you know since that was all you watch, I guess I'll jump yeah. on real quick because I also watched a Brian De Palma film. Nice. Uh, no, uh, this is my first time. Wa- All right, so this is my story with this film. I watch it, it kind of ruins it in a way, but yet it doesn't. I watched the last 10 minutes because when I was younger, I really wanted to watch this movie and it was on TV. I'm like, oh, it's on. I put it on and I realized I'm like, oh, it's fucking over. Uh, and the film is Carlito's Way. Uh, oh. Released in 1983 uh, and directed by Brian De Palma. And synopsis is, uh, he's, oh, just, I'm going to read this part. He's got a good future if he can live past the next week. I like that a lot. Uh, a Puerto Rican ex-con just released from prison pledges to stay away from drugs, violence, despite the pressures around him that lead him to a better life outside of New York City. Uh, starring Al Pacino, Sean Penn, uh, John Leguizamo, uh, Luis, uh, Luis Guzman, and then Viggo Morton fucking didn't know he was in this movie. And when you realize who he is, it's weird. How young does he look? Well, it's not that he looks young. It's just that he's playing a Puerto Rican. And the funniest thing about this is that he actually does a really great job playing a Puerto Rican. Like, he has, he's like... A beast, the, man. Dude, no, he's a phenomenal he actor. Play like, like any, uh, he could play, like, any... He could play anything but a black person. Basically. <laughs> I would have to agree. Because that would he be brutal. Be <laughs> he probably could. Robert Downey did it. Yeah, <laughs> Robert Downey did it. So, I mean... No, but, like, when you see it, it's like, he's, he's in, like... He, he just play European, Russian. He, he plays a great like Italian guy. Dude, from New I York, just keep you know? saying fucking from the Green Book uh, trailer. He's like, "Why are you breaking my balls?" Yeah, well, shit's been in my head for like two weeks. Now. <laughs> you know, what, you know what line that's been in my head from that Why movie? Breaking my balls is a uh, the squirrels would have ate it. <laughs> <laughs> the squirrels would have ate it. How have neither Dude. of none of us seen that? Yeah, movie? I haven't yeah, even I seen know. the movie. I just like the trailer. <laughs> we probably go trailer. see that. Maybe we should get see it. Uh, no, but Carlito's way. Oh. Uh, so this is actually my first time watching it fully, and I really love this film. I love stories of redemption. I love stories of people trying to do the right thing, but no matter what, seem to get fucked over in the end. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, when I mentioned before, is that Carlito is trying to live this clean life, a better life. Even though he's not inherently doing so, Like he's still doing sketchy shit, but it's not as sketchy as what, what he once was doing when he was younger. And... Uh, and I would say it's super weird watching this film now and like everything that's happened in terms of uh, progress in Hollywood and like watching and like watching actors like getting proper or like characters getting proper representation. The fact that Al Pacino was playing a Puerto Rican and his Spanish was pretty bad in this film and his accent was like, eh, Uh, it kind of threw me off because the thing is like everyone else, like they have Luis Guzman, they have John Guizamo. And, like, even the white dude who was playing the Puerto Rican, Viggo Morrison, did a better job than fucking Al Pacino. Why didn't John Lewis almost play that, that, that's Puerto what, Rican? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, just, it's so weird. It's jarring watching it now with after, after everything that's happened and how the way, like, this new movement of, like, representation in Hollywood. Uh, but regardless of that, I, think, I still think it's a very, very good film. Uh, it's... Like I said, I really do enjoy stories like this. I love gangster films, and I love stories of redemption, especially when we follow one character. Uh, 
if I have to really rate it, I don't know. Like, I think I think it's such an older film, and I I, I think that that one thing that does bother me is kind of like that weird lead choice but since it was a product of its time it's like hard for me to like criticize it at that point uh all no i mean i think a lot of people have already seen this it's part of like brian de palma's like fucking you know just like filmography like you have to watch it you watch scarface yeah basically like if you start watching brian de palma films you watch scarface you watch fucking you watch this you watch mission impossible you watch untouchables like you watch all this shit that he's like come out with so uh no, it's still. I think it's still a great, or I think it's still a great movie. Though that those that little thing bothers me, and then Sean Penn, phenomenal. He was great in this fucking movie. Uh, again, didn't realize who he was until like I actually had to squint a little bit. I'm like, is that fucking Sean Penn? That was before Fast Times, right? No, that was after. Shit, what years Fast Times? Fucking dude, Fast Times. He was like a kid, like eighty-two, yeah. something like that. Oh, he wasn't a kid, but he was like. Wait, yeah, was, so you're saying it's way? It was like ninety-three, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Carlitos was released in ninety-three. Oh, Fast I thought you said eighty-three. No, no, ninety-three. Oh, Fast yeah, Times, right. yeah. Fast Times was like what? It's like eighty-two. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm gonna jump off of that to another film from a another gangster film that I saw this uh, past couple of weeks it was uh, Mean Streets. Martin Scorsese, first time watching it. Yeah, you guys familiar? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, first time. It's been uh, a while. And I have to say, this is a this is an interesting one, just because I don't think I've like. So it stars it stars uh Robert De Niro and Harvey Keitel, like Robert De Niro and like Scorsese are like tight. Like we see them in almost everything that you know Scorsese is gonna release, especially if it's like a gangster film. Uh. And it's basically about a small-time hood who must choose from among, uh, has to choose between love, friendship, and a chance to rise within the mob. It's a very small, contained story, which I really do like. It's really following uh, following Harvey Keitel's character and has he struggling between like keeping this very volatile relationship with Robert Nero's uh, character, and then also this like his this love interest that people do not approve of, and then. Also, trying to impress his uncle and trying to like, move up within the mob or the gang, and it seems like it could have like a lot of branching paths, but it's actually a very simple story about like a single character and like him juggling all these aspects in his life. Uh, the one thing I would say you could see a lot of like early Scorsese esque like filming, like me- like tr- like things you will later see in his like films. Like if you watch like this and then watch Wolf of Wall Street or like anything that's recent you realize like oh like you see like what he was trying to do there like he's doing it but not as good yeah but yeah. then like as time obviously progressed like he's he he mastered what he 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 initially was trying to accomplish uh uh you definitely see a lot of those landmarks uh back to robert de niro i i really loved him in this role because i i think it's because he was young and vibrant like he's always he always plays a gangster but the fact that he's playing a very different kind of volatile person made him so much more fun to watch on screen and I'm like it's like I kinda wanna start rewatching more like shit that he was like in his younger days. Like I wanna watch more stuff like that that he's been uh that he's acted in just because it was like this is so different. My perception of Bobby De Niro was basically old school gangster. And then watching this I'm just like he's a fucking loose cannon in this film and so uh, he's a lot of fun to watch on screen and uh again, retro review like <sighs> 
I guess perception time. I feel like this this film. I, I think no, it's still be hard. hard. Be hard on Scorsese. No, no. Like I can't be hard on because yeah, there's things that he was trying to do, and it sometimes it didn't work. But I think it's like he he was still learning, and regardless, I think this film still holds up. Like you can watch this film now, and it's still. I think it's still a great time. Uh, yeah, I'll give this film a four. Wow. Four and a half. Wow. Four. Four. Most definitely a four. Incredible. No, that's it. Cool. Um, These mean streets. I got a couple films that I watched. You want to hear about them? Not really. Yeah, if, you, if we're being Pass. honest. <laughs> 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 he said that so passively, too. Pass. Can I just listen to the episode later? Not hear him right now. Is there a way to do that? Well, we don't have why don't that technology. Rec- why don't you? Hey, why uh, don't we just skip you right now, and then you can record him in how about your room, this? and then we'll plug him back in. How about this? He this is actually kind of hurtful. <laughs> <if I'm honest. laughs> like like send, he send records. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tom, boot up Smash real quick. We can play like a round or two. Yeah, yeah. While you while he's talking, that's yeah, a good idea. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a movie. You're going to listen to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm all like ears. Little kid is like, you're going to listen to me. I'm all ears, eyes, mouths, intestines, bloods, Adam cells. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know either. I watched a movie called Anna and the Apocalypse. Hmm. Um, it's pretty new, I think. Um, directed by John McPhail. It's a. Uh, I'll just read the McPhail. synopsis. <laughs> Actually, the uh, tagline says it perfectly: "A zombie Christmas musical." Um, a zombie apocalypse threatens the sleepy town of Little Haven at Christmas, forcing Anna and her friends to fight, slash, and sing their way to survival, facing the undead and a desperate race to reach each other's, oh, wait, to reach their loveliness. Um, yeah, directed by John McPhail, um, stars Ella Hunt, uh, Sarah Swire. I think Ellen Hunt's like the only person I really recognize. There's a few other very English people in this movie. Um, Paul Kay which I've seen in uh, a few other things, like uh, Agent Cody Banks <laughs> and uh, a few other films. <laughs> That's the first film you choose? Yeah, he was in Shaun of the Dead, too, actually, um, briefly. But, uh, yeah, this movie basically center, centers around uh, Anna. Anna is about to graduate high school. Um, she is English, and um, she's thinking about taking a trip abroad instead of going to college, which her dad finds out and uh, becomes very angry about. He is a single parent because uh, her mother happened to die a few years prior. They established that. And uh, he, so he's very upset and uh, he's sort of trying to force her into going to college uh, by saying that, um, I don't know, like it's what mother would have wanted, stuff like that, trying to make her feel guilty, like using using her death to uh, influence his daughter's which sort of drives a bit of a wedge into them for the uh, remainder of the movie. And uh, they get into this big fight and then the zombie apocalypse happens. Um, And he happens to be stuck at the school because he's a janitor there. And uh, the rest of the film sort of revolves around Anna and uh, her friends and a few other people they meet along the way. They're trying to fight their way back to the school because that's where their, their parents are. Because they got trapped there after an assembly or something like that. Um, and there's a lot of music sprinkled in in between, obviously, because it does function as a mu- musical in addition to the the horror elements. I think um, 
I've mentioned before on the podcast that I really don't like musicals. So it's probably weird that I keep subjecting myself <laughs> to to this. Um, uh, just wait. What's your beef with musicals? I just don't enjoy them. I'm not... Same. I just don't enjoy them. I think that they often feel they're just not fun. I they, think I, they also yeah. are hard to believe. Yeah, they... they. It's a fucking movie. <laughs> okay. I sh- yeah, I mean, but it's like, like we just we just watched a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, but, but, the it, but if it, it's hard but to like believe. their conversations in the movie are natural enough for you to get sucked in and think it's actually happening. But if people like in late late mid when they're singing their fucking lines, I mean, it's just yeah. Um, I do understand the medium. I just don't. Uh, I don't know. I just don't enjoy it that much. I think um, or the genre. I'm sorry. I just don't enjoy it that much. So I think I'm just trying to watch more musicals to uh i don't know see if there are some that i do like i think that the music in this for the most part is too uh it's too poppy for the most part i think there are a few songs later on that i actually did enjoy do you have any on your spotify no oh they felt a bit more modern and um more realistic whereas like the songs in in the beginning they're like more gleeish and poppy and i think that unrealistic level of poppy like you know how like the Glee songs are always just like incredibly poppy, more poppy than shit that you would so hear you on the Glee radio. The show? Yeah, like I didn't know you're a Glee head. I'm not, but I'm saying like oh. that's what uh, <laughs> that's what uh, some of the music in this reminds me of, and I think that's part of why I you dis- know, uh, dislike the earlier the uh, earlier. You don't acts. like Glee, bro. You don't. <laughs> uh, you know why I really. like Glee? I don't uh, like Glee, but. I respect Glee because they do a lot of Bruce Springsteen songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> Bet you love that shit. Springsteen on Broadway drops tonight. Yeah, I heard about oh, yeah. that. All right, continue. So, um, yeah, I think that's one issue I had with it. I think it also is just really lighthearted in general and a little bit too cutesy and um, whimsical for me. I think that if it had functioned more like Shaun of the Dead... Or Shaun of the Dead isn't like hardcore violent horror mixed with a comedy. It's more, it's more like digestible shit for like a large audience, and it ha- has really good humor. I think that the humor in this works on some levels, but for the most part, it's just too easy and too cute. Um, I think that um, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I think if it, if it went more of like the Shaun of the Dead route, mixed with the ho- horror and the and the and like better and more modern sounding songs that weren't as cute and uh poppy i think that would have been like my ideal uh version of this movie but um it is i don't know it's i I think it's fucked up to say that i completely disliked this movie or did not enjoy aspects of it because it did do something new and um and uh, at least attempted something pretty interesting i think i'd give it a three out of five um some of the scenes are fairly fun um them sort of singing and killing zombies at the same time there's something enjoyable about that um and i could appreciate the scale in which are you they not tried tired to of zombies what do you mean i don't know i feel like zombies are so played out I was just just curious if you're just like you're not over them yet um, it depends i like i think this tried to do something a bit different with zombies that's uh what drew me to this um I'll talk about one more film. I feel like we're probably running hot. I mean, this is... I mean, it's been a while. We have so much to talk about. We haven't seen each other in a very long time. 
That's true. That's true. Um, That's not true. I saw it last night. <laughs> I saw if Bill Street could talk. Um, oh, shit. Really? Yeah, I did. Why didn't I see this movie? Yeah, you should have. I heard it's decimating we didn't top see tens. We should, we should have saw Shoplifters. I know. Shoplifters. There's so many movies to watch right now. How the fuck? This is Roma. House, house that yeah, Roma's on Netflix. Yeah, Roma looks really good. I want to watch. I want to watch it in uh, the theater. Yeah, I'm watching that tonight. But like you know, if Movie Pass, you know, you only have so many movies to see. Uh, that's true. There's a way to rip it off. Another way. <laughs> I found another. Real quick, you could uh, click on the bonus movies. Oh yeah, but once those are gone. Uh, already done, been like I've already three, done this. Oh, uh, there's been like three la- last. Yeah, but sometimes months. there's none. Oh, okay. So it's like, and it's weird now. You could check into any show and then go to any movie theater. I've been doing that. It's weird. Bro. I checked in for the Grinch to see this movie. No, I'm saying like another theater. Yeah, yeah. It's as long as you're near right? it. No, we've they're, been doing all, that. I've been doing it for mo- Yeah, I've been doing yeah, it. Yeah, doing that. Like they devolved. Okay, it's a wild. As long as they're limiting as much. Before you can check into another theater because of the mileage and shit. This is the Wild West out here, man. We're just trying to survive, trying to watch as much movies as we can for, like, almost no money, so. Damn. So, Harvey got a fucking Beale Street could talk review. Does he need a... Should he wait and, and I mean, talk I, about this nah, when he has time if, if you, to really just break it down? You know what? We're going to give you your own episode, Harvey. There's so many movies to watch in theaters right yeah. now. What the fuck? Bonus episode. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Uh, um, okay, I watched If Bill Street Could Talk, uh, directed by Barry Jenkins. It's based on a book written by James Baldwin. Um, has anyone read it? No. I don't know how to read. read First it. of all, you know we don't read here. I saw Just it do once. the right book, you fucking losers. Uh, <laughs> 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 book. <laughs> fucking nerds. Uh, I actually read, I've read this book, and uh, it's a beautiful book. I'll lend it to y'all if y'all want to read it. Um, I got like 20 books on my uh, I'm actually reading a book right now oh, really? Funny enough, I'm what reading American Psycho uh, How do you like it? Yeah, I, um, one of my co-workers gave it to me I heard read. it makes the movie look like a Michael Bay movie Dude, it's, it's so crazy good. Like I've, the the first like 20 pages has nothing in, in, like There's nothing of it in the movie, it's weird That sounds about right But yeah, go for it Harvey uh, Here's the synopsis after her fiancé is falsely imprisoned, a pregnant African-American woman sets out to clear his name and prove his innocence. Um, yeah, so this movie stars uh, Kiki Lane, uh, Stephen James. I don't think I've seen either of them before. Um, and there's also Regina King, uh, Coleman Domingo, Michael Beach, and a few other people on there that I've recognized. Uh, there's Diego Luna. He makes an appearance. Ed Screen. Um, Dave Franco as well. Which I did not expect. Um, wow! So I yeah. So yeah, Kiki Lane plays the uh, the main character that's uh, followed in the book and the and the movie Tish. She uh, tells us a story. It's um, we hear her monologue over in in the book and is in the film, which is pretty interesting. Uh, I like that Barry Jenkins' decision to like carry over like that inner monologue and have her speaking directly to the audience. It was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, she she is a um, young woman that lives in uh, in New York City, and um, her fiance Fani becomes imprisoned for for raping a Puerto Rican woman, and um, Fani and Tish and their, their friend happen to be together at their time at that time at Fani and Tish's place. So there's no possible way that he could have raped this woman. Uh, 
Tish tells has to tell her family that she also has become pregnant by Fani and is carrying their baby while he is at the same time in jail fa- facing uh, rape charges. Um, it follows her quest to sort of get him out of jail and um, and clear his name. And um, throughout the film, we really see like this uh, like this test of of their love and um, the relationship that they that they've built over the years. Um, I think it really does a great job at showing like uh, what role f- family plays and uh, and um, like the love that they have for each other and what they're willing to sacrifice to uh, to help each other out. This movie, I, I think everyone here has seen the uh, trailer and just how beautiful the trailer looks. Yeah, the movie just looks so beautiful. Yeah, that it, new trailer that just came out made me want to cry. Yeah, so I was yeah, it looks incredible. I was expecting um, just the most beautiful cinematography I'd ever seen, and um, I can say that I'm not disappointed. Holy shit! It uh, it handles like closeness and um, love in a in a really interesting way. Like the way it's shot, um, it has like. Like the story inherently has like uh, really disheartening messages and like it's very heartbreaking, but the cinematography and the way it's shot is so warm and um, like really intimate. There's lots of centered close-up shots. Um, you can see those in the trailer actually when they're like showing their faces and then looking at each at each other. Um, it makes them appear really vulnerable and. Um, that that kind of like juxtaposes like their vulnerability as like black people living in New York City at this time too, which is kind of interesting. I just hit some shit right there. Um, this supporting cast is really great in this film. Um, aside from like Tish and uh, Fani, played by the main characters, which is a really really solid roles and solid performances for both of them. You really get the sense that they're in love. The supporting cast was also really great, and they really helped to like reinforce the love and like the messages of this film and and um there's uh like several things in this in this adaptation of course that were not in the book um I, I was sort of expecting that but I think Barry Jenkins did like a really great job of uh creating scenes that offer like further development of uh like their relationship and of their love that uh, made the ending like all the more impactful. Um, he made some really great additions <laughs> to the story um, to help it like translate better um, on film and stuff. Yeah, but this this movie was so fucking good. Did he cry? Uh, I didn't cry. I, I thought about it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't cry though. Um, Should I? I do have s- some slight criticisms of this film. Mm. I think that. Um, while it differs from the book in like some pretty key ways, some some well not that the ways that differ don't necessarily change the story or the plot, but I think that it does have like these differences, these large differences between them. Um, yeah, the the biggest difference or where I think they should have differed is that uh, the language used in the film or in the book it could have been updated it it follows some scenes like too closely and too uh verbatim i suppose um i think that adjusting some of the language to 
feel more natural could have helped this film and helped carry um the messages like between these characters and to the audience i think some of it feels a bit stifled by the language um but yeah that's it. that's about it for me um everything else in this and this was really great really solid performances and it just, it just looks beautiful it was shot beautifully amazing cinematography um i think i would give this a four and a half out of five um ooh. i was thinking five You're scaring me bro no it's a great movie so um it's a beautiful story and a heartbreaking story at the same time any tears no, he just asked me that. There was no tears. Oh wait, sorry, I was looking. I was reading. Something. There's no tears, but I think uh, some people could definitely be moved to tears by this. It's a heartbreaking story. Let me rephrase that. Would I cry? I don't know. I guess that depends on how much you Thomas dislike very, or like Tom, black people. Thomas is very emotional. <laughs> how much I dislike or like black people? I don't know. It depends. It's on just how saying if I oh if I'm racist, I won't cry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I cried Moonlight. Does that does that me and I'll cry in this one. I guess we'll, I don't is that know. my my level of racism enough to make <laughs> me cry? I don't know. I guess we'll see. You think racists like they you, they could watch the same movie twice, but like ones with a white cast, ones with a black cast, and they'll only cry in the white cast. Do you think that's a thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I, th- <laughs> I think it's impossible. That <laughs> I don't think a racist would go see an old ex- black film. We should do an experiment. It's like <laughs> that's what you get. Probably, but for the white people who's sniffling, yeah. Um, I'd like to say more about this movie, but we're running hot. Um, it's all right. Everybody, go watch that movie, please. Yeah, we're gonna watch it sometime in January. Yeah, that's it. No, for me, no, my luck. I'll probably see it sometime next year. I'd highly recommend seeing it in theaters. Uh, if yeah, you can. I'm gonna try. It, I'm gonna try. The cinematography is great. Video games, man. Fuck. That's it for me, though. Cool, you guys want to go ahead and um, talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Spider-Man! All right, take a listen to a clip. That's a copy. Ladies and gentlemen! My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear of the Super Collider? You're going to love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. All right, kid, listen up. This fry is your universe. It's soggy, it's weird, it's gross. And this delicious normal fry is my universe. So you want to learn to be Spider-Man. Can you teach me? Yes, I can. Time to swing. Ah, Good, doing you're doing it. it. Double tap to release and whip it out again. Okay. Whip and release. You're a natural. Whip. Hey, guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another another dimension. How many more spider people are there? Hey, fellas. Wow, what a clip that was. It was great. <laughs> I fucking love that clip. All right, so we're talking Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, Miles Morales becomes the Spider-Man of his reality and crosses paths with his counterparts from other dimensions to stop a threat to all reality. This is a uh, voice-acted... Uh, by we got uh, Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, which I kind of didn't recognize his voice. Uh, we got uh, Haley Stein- Steinfield, Mahershala Ali. Didn't know that either. 
Did you guys hear that? Yeah, yeah you, how can you not hear that? That's actually my favorite character, too. Damn, you're just doing that fucking New York accent pretty well. Holy shit. Um, Versatility. We got uh, Brian uh, Tyree Henry. I believe he's from Atlanta. Tiz is, tiz is. Uh, yeah, a bunch of Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, Zoe John Kravitz. Mulaney. There's so yeah, many people. There's Nick a lot Cage. Of, dude, I, Oscar Isaac's in this. Yes, Oscar dude, Isaac. John fucking Mulaney, weird. Yeah, John Mulaney's voice is pretty recognizable. Yeah, <laughs> that show was ridiculous. Um, and Nick Cage was also very recognizable, which is that's one of the funniest voice cameos I've ever heard. <laughs> just hearing his voice was just funny. Dude, yeah, cameos for days um, in this movie, for sure. Uh, so we got director uh, Bob Parashetti, Parashetti, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rotham. Uh, oh, shit, Lake Bell. Written by 40 people, so I'm not reading all their names. Go figure. And, uh, yeah, so what did you guys think of the animated Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Uh I guess I'll go first. Yeah, you're the token Spider-Man guy. You go first. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, if if you know me or listen to this podcast, I've, I heard, of, I've heard of you. Yeah, you heard of me in passing. Uh, I I do love the Spider-Man. Uh, he's one of my favorite comic book characters. I, he's actually one character that I collect a lot of his books. Uh, not only do I read his mainline series, The Amazing Spider-Man, but I've also read the off the when they released the Ultimate series, which it, this character is based off of. If you're not familiar, he got to start in the Ultimate Universe after the death of Peter Parker in that mainline universe. Kind of. Are you like building your resume right now, uh, like proving your Spider-Man? No, I want to, to give. It was because the thing is like coming into this film. A lot of people, there, I think a lot of people who know who Miles Morales is are already kind of big fans. But there was probably a good group of people coming into this and going, what the fuck is all of this? This is the most confusing shit. Because they're yeah, choosing. Yeah, I suppose if you don't know who Miles Morales is, then yeah, it could be like, it's what, like Yeah, happening? it's like, it's very, very jarring. Uh, but no, uh, speaking on this film, uh, this is actually one of the... Uh, most recent comic film, comic book films, because I, I, I felt just I'm tired. I'm so tired. I was just like, there was a little bit of time where we had a break. I'm like, I can't fucking watch any more of these things. And then this film came along, and I saw the trailer like a year ago. I'm like, this looks pretty good. And then trailers kept coming, and I'm like, dude, I'm pretty fucking pumped. And you know, when we have the opportunity to watch it, I was like, dude, we have to see this. I feel like it's gonna be really good. And you know, I, I and I'm happy to say that I really, really had a, had. A, one of the best times in a comic book film watching this like this is one of the best ones i've seen in like recent memory uh it is beautifully beautifully animated uh i think that's one thing that uh i'm a huge fan of just well done thing like animation that you can really see that they poured some like their heart into on top of that it really is stylistic they they really try to capture that idea of what a comic might look like animated and I think they really achieved that. Uh, I think we try to see that in some, like, uh, Spider-Man. There's, like, earlier cartoons or, like, earlier, like, interpretations of the series as TV shows that they try to do 3D animation. And it always looked a little bit janky. And it just never really looked right. But I think it's the first time when you actually watch it and it was just like, this fucking film looks beautiful. Uh, that's one thing I have to say. Uh, performances by all voice actors. Everyone, I think, was bringing their A game and I, I thought especially Jake Johnson it was just like 
it's fucking hilarious. And then John Mulaney was amazing. And Nick Cage, as Tom said, was just fucking great as noir Spider-Man. Uh, story-wise, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised they chose to do this. I'm like, a, like really fucking surprised to really just, you know, like we're going to pick the most crazy idea from the Spider-Man mythos. Like we have so much history to go off of, but we're gonna choose something that most comic book fans probably are not. You know, like if you if you think about it, it's just like it's very daunting because it's breaking into multiverses and different dimensions, and like it's like you don't think it's very digestible to the audience. But I think they were able to tackle it in a really it well. It's like, like a large scale thing to do for like an intro. And and I think that's what works because, because yeah, it's an origin story at heart, and I think it's a great way to retell, like, to redo an origin story. I think it's actually the perfect way to do it, and and, and not perfect, but for this, I think it was just really well done. Um, yeah, uh, again, just had so much fucking fun in this film. I can keep going on and on about did a little. It's just like Easter eggs on Easter eggs. If you're a fucking a fan, shit, yeah, if you're a fucking comic book fan, if you're a Spider Man fan, and you're watching this. You're just like nitpicking shit and you're the laughing. Pizza, the pizza place is called Ramirez, uh, Ramirez Pizza. Ramirez Pizza. Yeah. Do you see like B. Bendis on his yeah, phone? I, did see that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get any of that. Uh, B. Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis is uh, the author of Miles. Like He created him. And John Ramirez is an artist. John wow, Ramita, I John feel Ramita excluded. Jr. Yeah. There's some other Easter eggs. There's like a Seth Rogen uh, shitty oh, movie. Oh, that, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> I did Which one was that one? It's in Times Square. I you forget what it was called. Up. Just some sh- Seth Rogen in some it's like Holy Smokes movie. or something like that, like a cowboy movie or some shit. I don't know. It's not a real movie. Yeah, it's funny that the, oh. Seth Rogen definitely like they would have had to ask him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you know? Did you know Chris Pine was in this too? No, well, he played the first. He played. Spider-Man. He played the. He played Miles's Spider-Man oh, yeah, in that universe. Because I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, yo, this voice sounds familiar. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And I looked at him like Chris Pine, like. How did they convince him just to show did, up in this movie for like you 10 also, minutes? Oh, well, uh, this is probably not nothing, but to me, the other Spider-Man looks exactly like Jake Gyllenhaal. Does he not? Which one? A little bit. The Spider-Man from the, the actual sp- Spider-Man from the other universe. The Peter B. Parker? Oh, yeah. Peter B. Parker. The Jake Johnson one? Jake Johnson one? Yeah, he looks like... Uh, he kind of looks like him, I guess. I don't right. really remember. Um, but I think uh, the multiverse thing was a really great choice to do. It makes it... So much more exciting. It's like an, an inherently great and complicated story in that those complications and that broadness allows for jokes to come through through like a, a a bunch of different ways and it allows the story to like weave together into this really interesting and and um and clever story. Um I really enjoyed the supporting Spider Man, um John Mullaney, like bringing something as ridiculous like uh Spider-Ham. Pay, like, yeah Spider-Ham into this is such a comic book thing to do in the first place because it's so ridiculous and typically doesn't work for like a movie audience they were weren't afraid to like uh introduce the multiverse idea and like bring in fucking Spider-Ham it's like very ridiculous choices uh. but they worked out really well he does kind of look like uh yeah. <laughs> um dude uh, he kind of <laughs> looks like John Hamm to me. This movie is surprisingly fucking funny, though, because, like, 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 dude, there's just so much fucking... There's, like, little jokes that just happen subtly. They're, like, so quick. Like, the, the whole is just, like, when he was telling his story, he's just, like, 
he's like he's like yeah i handle all my problems like like a champ and there was like yeah. a quick cut probably gave that joke away but yeah, yeah it's dude it's funny. just so fucking good man or like like noir spider-man every time he spoke he was just saying something so fucking ridiculous He's like, I like letting a match burn and just letting <laughs> so I can feel something. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like stupid uh, shit like that. I would say, um, for some reason, I don't like the pig. I liked it as its own thing. Uh, Spider-Ham, I mean. But I think overall, it kind of took me out of the movie a little bit. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, man. Here we go. No, no. That's literally the only thing I, I didn't like about the movie, I think. And all it right. just kind of annoyed me because it's just like... All the other ones seem possible, and it's just no one. I mean, and something as ridiculous as Spider-Man, though, I guess. But that's just ridiculous. I, I like that it plays with those boundaries and makes itself ridiculous. Yeah, I it's, think they it crossed really set, the boundary for me personally. No, they. I think they set they set it, and they're like, "All right, well, this Spider-Man is what we're playing." I can do. Spider-Ham, I, 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 I can't, I can't see this. it. I can't get behind well, this. Okay, well, first of all, what I mean, <clears throat> if all the the uni- the parallel fucking dimensions are have similarities in the sense that you know pig pigs aren't designed to talk so like why would they but if there are an infinite number of universes isn't there a universe it's, where pigs can talk no it's it's well first of I all so. first of all it was a spider who got bit by a radioactive pig so his origin story is fucking buck wild anyway it just was really stupid but i still kind of laughed at it a little bit but um and I I do enjoy hearing John Mulaney's voice, of course, but it just it didn't fit for me, and and, and uh, yeah, I would say I could have done without um that and the robot character, Penny Parker. Yeah, but it, I mean it's fine, it's fine. You didn't seem like you're too hot on this. No, no, no. Overall, I guess I'll talk about the movie since I'm already talking. But sure. <laughs> go for it. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So right off the bat, um. It just starts as like a beautiful movie to look at. And it's just so stylish, and I really like the soundtrack too with that Post Malone song. I think it just works really well, and he he kind of goes back to that song yeah. in the movie. Um, Harvey just showed me that Post Malone plays the voice of a bystander in the film, which yeah. is really? funny. They're like, hey, you want to be you want to play a part? What about you, Nick Cage? You come down to the studio and record some lines, dude. They really just did a fucking call. It was for easy. Everyone. It was pr- probably really easy for them too because he's wearing a mask the whole time, so they don't have to like show mouths moving and stuff. So that's probably why they were able to get so many fucking. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, yeah. Overall, like, I I do like how um, yeah. I don't like comic books movies that take themselves too seriously because I just. Just think the idea of um, Spider-Man is ridiculous. So, like, I don't know. I think I think this is what a Spider-Man movie should be, and I think they kind of did that with the last one too. With um, Ty, what's his name? What's his name? The actor, Tom uh, Holland. Tom Holland. Yeah, him. Um, and I think that really helped the Spider-Man franchise. I'm sure we mentioned that in our review. Um, but yeah. It it really works. I think Spider Man's supposed to be a little funny and, and um I don't yeah, it's just weird that this was like a live action film or no, it's an animated film in a time where live action superhero movies are a thing. And it's like why it, it was it, so it's it's weird. Like it's just like it's in theaters. It it's just it it doesn't seem like it would work or audience would have been like receptive to it, but since I feel like I'm like, dude, we're like I think definitely choosing to do it with Miles Morales makes it 
makes the way more di- di- yeah more digestible. Yeah, I think if lot. it were like Peter Parker, it would be it would exhausting. be exhausting. Yeah. It'd be off putting. But Miles Morales makes it a completely different. Yeah, they couldn't just animate in a different world. Yeah, they couldn't just animate an already done version of Spider Man. <sighs> so that that's why they they probably did that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that 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 works a lot. And I think. Um, yeah, I think that there's some nice emotional moments between him and his dad in the movie. Um, yeah, I think I think this it's really well written. I think overall, not with just like the comedy, but all the more like heartfelt moments. And I, I think that goes back to like how the way they approach the origin story, because he's being he you know he's someone who's like is growing up and he's actually like trying to like learn how to use these powers and like learn about like his responsibility now and. The fact that he has another Spider-Man kind of come in and show him. Like, I don't know. I feel like all those moments are just really well done. Uh, I saw it in Brooklyn, too. and It was... Uh, it yeah, was this, some, this, it, it's cool, man. Like, this film cool is thing. just, like... It's, like, very New York as well. Like, it has, like, a yeah. lot of New York moments where, like, they're on the, the street and they're, pa- they're on the ground. And it's just, like... He's, like, thanks, New York. Yeah, and people they, just kept stepping over him. Like... Yeah. There's a, like some other things too that reminded me of living in, in New York. I can't remember now, but yeah, I like their realistic portrayal of New York. Um, I think I think they they took their time to make sure that like everything was like easy to buy. Like Miles Morales' home, you know, with his mom and dad and his mannerisms, and you know, yeah, they even it's, like threw in that uh, that 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 was really good. Is in the beginning. His dad's like, look, another coffee shop, you know, like stuff like, like that. Like stupid dad yeah, shit. That, that, you know, when you see, um, I feel like when you watch the, the earlier Spider-Man movies, it's all just like Manhattan, you know? Yeah, it's like you don't see New York. You just yeah, see even like though Peter Parker's from Queens, Queens yeah. it's like you mostly see Manhattan, I feel like. But, you know, in the last one, they're amazing. They're not the amazing Spider-Man. But, Homecoming, uh, yeah. Homecoming, they're you know they they ventured off and felt pretty new york i think a lot of i think a lot of this has to do with just uh the writers and the people behind this project actually giving a fuck about like the character uh you know sometimes when you you know you might get writers on these projects and someone was like is disney on this movie no it's sony okay maybe that's why they're they're not wrapped up in that and that's what i love too that's another thing they're like their own little fucking universe doing their own thing which is cool um did Phil Lord, he was attached to this, right? Yeah, Lord Miller did the script, I think, oh, okay. or some shit like that. I think it was had. just him, or was it both of them? I think it's both of them that oh, okay. had association with it. Because I saw their names at the end. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, they know they were part of something this. about them doing this. But um, yeah, big fan of this movie. Uh, I had a lot of fun in it uh, with this movie. I did, wasn't expecting much. Uh, trailer looked good. What I do like the most is the... Uh, I, lo- I love the um, comic book animation, especially... Um, the uh the like little um snippets and squares that it would that would add to show the action it was pretty cool uh it's also uh it has some really good tense moments for a movie like this an animated movie especially like the scenes with the prowler yeah. uh they're oh dude th- yeah. those scenes the with him scenes. it reminds me of like um annihilation like there's like a song that plays every time he would uh the, come yeah. on screen and it's like it was it really was, cool yeah, but very yeah, haunting. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's those uh, really creative touches to this that uh, goes beyond like what uh, like those like uh, Marvel comic books uh, animated movies were like, like Hulk versus you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. those like uh, comic book. Um, it's because animations. 
Yeah, th- this is a definitely a step up, yeah. like above a lot of the Marvel stuff. But even I think creatively, yeah. I think this is a step up from even like the live action shit. Yeah, definitely. This is what happens when you say like you get a group of people together. Uh, we're hiring you for set like you you are skilled and you are, and we're hiring you for this job to make this happen. And they're like, it's like do what you need to do, and you're not micromanaging them, right? Yeah. Um, I get. I'm not familiar with Miles Morales's uh, Spider-Man, but uh, I do. I did like that uh, a lot. Actually, one of my favorite aspects is that his father is kind of like the driving force in his life. Whereas the other Spider-Mans, where it's usually like his grandmother or his like parents or his uncle, whatever it is. But I like that he has that strong dynamic relationship with his father, and it's kind of a it's kind of fair but firm, and that relationship is pretty strong and uh, it's touching, and uh, plays through heavily throughout the movie. It has a really good payoff and uh, for, for comedy and also um, drama. Um, the other the other characters uh, were all I would say they're all equally um, entertaining and funny and. Good, uh, well written. They're all pretty dynamic, especially um, what's his name, uh, Jake Johnson, Spider Man. His is probably one of my favorite. He knows he also has a really, really, really good backstory. Give me one second, my headphone just cut out. But yeah, I like his backstory, and it's uh, pretty sad and it's also grounded though for a movie like this. So it's PG thirteen or is it PG? I think it's like PG or some shit. PG, okay. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. man, it's like it's kind of if you think about it, it's super depressing. Like, right. it is so Especially depressing. Especially his, his payoff towards the end uh, kind of hit me hard a little bit about the notion of like um, fucking up and also like giving a shot again and almost calling it quits. Like, yeah. towards the end, he has a really good bit about that. Um, and he has a. It's also he's like a father figure to Miles Morales' character in the in the film that works pretty well. I think. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say, I think that all of the emotional beats work. Uh, better than I would uh, anticipate for a movie of like this. Um, but yeah, this is definitely probably one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. I would say. Uh, I would second that. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I think for me, like this, like I was like the whole time watching this movie, I was just having such a fun time, and it wasn't. And it was like also like a film, not only like obviously made for general audiences, but I think it was also a film for like a lot of fans. Like, yeah. If you read any amount of comics, if you read, like, if you, like, yeah, if you have any inkling, I feel like you get so much more out of it, especially, like, near, you get the end credits. I stayed for the end credits, and I was just, like, I was pumped. I was, like, oh, I'm super excited now. Was there two or one? There's two. Fuck. I didn't stay for them. Uh, I don't stay for them. Oh, I didn't stay for any. The last one, I think, was more of a joke. Yeah, I think one of them is a joke, but, like, I think they both hint at what's going to happen next. Wait a sec. The pointing, the, f- the pointing one. Is that the last one? Yeah. Well, what the fuck was the first one? I don't remember seeing the first one. Uh, I can't say. Sure it wasn't flipped? No, I can't say. I only remember one. It's not really an end credits. I mean, it is at the end of the film. It's just not like the typical end credit where it's like the credits are rolling. Oh, I just stops. assumed that was the ending. No, yeah. that's It's pointing what's going to happen next. Huh. Yeah. So I would consider that a post-credit, though. Yeah. What happened in the end of the movie? <laughs> I can't say it. I can't remember Han shit. Solo dies. Oh, okay. Um, I had one last thing to say. Um, oh, yeah. It also has one of uh, probably my favorite of all of the Spider-Man movies. Uh, his uh, introduction, uh, like once he finds out that he, he is Spider-Man. Uh, that whole segment's probably like 15 minutes long. And it runs all the way up to him meeting the other Spider-Man in the current universe. And that was amazing. That was one of my favorite. 
like him in the school um running around his, on his campus that, that his was room. that was a cool scene because i think it deals also it shows how he is like a he's a kid yeah and it shows like that anxiety and I of like growing that he's up like trying to like uh explain uh, or he he ha- he thinks that it's like uh puberty but yeah. it almost seems like puberty in a way yeah yeah and it's really cool and then that, yeah, and that anxiety that's driven afterwards where he's just like walking down the hall like no one noticed anything. No one saw me. Yeah. No one's judging me. And like those like, I don't know. It's t- this film just has so much small touches and details. Even while he was doing that, he was like, I, he was like, no one noticed. No one saw anything. And he sees a really tall girl. And he's like, oh, she's really tall. tall. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> dude, that's the shit. That, that's the shit like that would go through most people's heads. Like you like notice these little things like, oh, she's tall. It's a really funny movie and it's well written and... um yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. I think that, um, like the the prospect of this uh, franchise continuing, like this could become like the the actual better Spider Man series. That'd be pretty funny. If they I, just, honestly, like, I would I wouldn't mind. I, I'm actually kind of excited of the idea of watching another one of these. Yeah. Like, this is like the I think this is the best Spider Man movie since like Spider Man Two. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. It's more exciting and more funny and it just works on so many different levels. I think that the idea of an animated Spider movie, Spider Man movie is uh just great because I mean it is a Overdue, ridiculous yeah. It's a ridiculous um premise to begin with and being able to capture all of that uh action and it it gives you the ability to show show so much more and, and you don't have to like sacrifice Whereas you do when you're like shooting live action, there's a, you know, there's it makes it more difficult. I think, I think you can show that like the nature of Spider-Man much more clearly in animation, and it was a very exciting and fun movie to watch. Uh, y'all want to rate? Yeah. Riggedy rate. Uh, four and a half out of five. I fucking love this movie. I'm gonna go rewatch it. Actually, I want to rewatch it as well. I do too. Uh, I will give it a... I'll buy this movie on Blu-ray. Yeah, I would actually yeah. buy this shit on Blu-ray. Like, I, I really love this movie. I would give it a yeah, four and a half out of five as great. well. Yeah. I'm trying to like I'm trying to think why I can't give it a perfect score. But... Um, I, think, I think this is the reason I can't give it a perfect score, for me at least, is that there is... Even though the story, I think, is really well done, really well written, I think it is such still a big concept that there's points, like there's beats that they have to rush. And right. you can see that happening on screen. Like, you see, like, there's, like, oh, like, there's just characters kind of showing up because the story needs to be pushed forward. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, like, and it's, like, but it's because of the nature of how it was written. Like, they have this grand idea, and they're trying to shrink it in, like, what, a two-hour movie? Yeah. Like, some, like, Marvel, like, studios would try to pull some bullshit. Like, yo, we're going to have a three-part series. We're going to, like, it's, you know, like, so, you know, I commend them for doing it and doing it really well, but still, you can see how the way they can rush some of these, like, plot points. There's no montages either. No montages, no montages. Of, the, of him learning how to fucking swing or... Dude, well, you, know, you have a great skills. scene they're of him, like... They're presented differently, yeah. yeah. They're not... It's just like... I mean, those, like, montages of... Well, yeah, they're not presented as montages, but they do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, is, which is good, because montages are cheap. Yeah. I mean, um, we, get the, we get the graffiti scene, which I guess is like, but that's like a, I don't think that's. Yeah, I meant like. Uh, You're saying like oh, discovering him, your hero yeah, him powers. Like, yeah, him like becoming yeah. Spider-Man. There's like an actual process to it and we get to see it. Yeah, I'm excited to see if they follow up on this, but yeah, I'd give it a four. Oh, I took the half star because of the pig. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a four as well. Um, 
<laughs> but in terms of like a Spider-Man movie, I think this is like a near perfect like of what Spider-Man could be. I'm not sure if Spider-Man, any Spider-Man movie could be a five-star movie, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is like as perfect as a Spider-Man movie I think you can get. Um, I think it's better than Homecoming, if I'm honest, a lot better. And it was I don't, great. I don't feel like it's a lot better. I like them pretty comparable. I'd probably give like this as, one a light four and that I one a heavy I, three and a half. I would say that, yeah, I gave Homecoming a four, but this one's a four and a half. I think this is way better than... I feel like Spider-Man 2 and, and Spider-Verse, like, they're, like, right there. And then Homecoming is, like, below, I feel. I feel like I have to rewatch Spider-Man 2. But they're, those three are but still, like, like I, juggling I like, for, for top supremacy right now. I almost feel like I like Homecoming more than Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Chill. Chill. Yeah, man. Damn, home, uh, Spider-Man 2 hits me hard because I saw it alone uh, in theater. It's <laughs> the first time I ever cut school. <laughs> first movie I ever skipped school to see was um, The Protector. The Protector. Martial arts movie. I was a good kid. I didn't skip school. I didn't skip school. Probably just because you didn't have a car. I used to skip school to see a lot of stupid shit. If you don't have a car, skipping school is stupid. Yeah, you just you literally are just walking, I guess. Hiding in the woods from people. Hiding in the, in the woods from people? I've had to do that. <laughs> I remember one time... Um, my mom. I, uh, so me and uh, my f- best friend, we decided to launch a plan to skip school one day. What we would do is walk to the bus stop, a.k.a. hide in the construction site across the street, wait for his mom to go to work, and then just go back inside and chill all day, right? Pretty simple. Nothing go go wrong with that. Um, he signs on to the internet. Back then, they had AOL. I guess his dad saw that he signed on or some shit, or I signed on or something. Oh, man. And he's like, Ray, why aren't you in school? <laughs> I just use his real name. It's fine. Um, I mean, like you signed on in school, computer class. Nah, we didn't have that. That was not a thing back then. Um, I don't. Even, I think you just had Internet Explorer in school. Um, <laughs> and then we just close out, sign off AOL. Uh, what, tur- fuck turns fuck. out they're coming. Ray, he goes, uh, you know, I'm just gonna accept my fate. Um, but they know that I'm not in school too. Somehow, um, they come and get Ray and bring him to school. I uh, hide in the woods playing Game Boy Advance. <laughs> <laughs> what were you playing? Uh, Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, oh, Pokemon. I knew it. <laughs> you were in the fucking... I can see you just in the Florida, just like... You sitting on a log? Sitting on a fucking log playing fucking yeah. Game Boy Advance Pokemon Ruby or some shit. Yeah, I vanished. Did you take a shit? No. <laughs> That's that's it for my little story. All right, cool. Let's pick a movie um, for next week that we're going to watch. What Don't say for? Aquaman. Aquaman. Should we just not even give them the benefit? Dude, of the I want to see it's how terrible. bad it is, though. Of course you do, but like, should, like, we? Uh, should, we let, should we feed into that? I think they're tempting us. It's like when you squish a bug and you got to look at it. Or I don't do that. Uh, you know what, Harvey? I think you should see Aquaman. Yeah, why don't you why don't you venture that for us and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it. I think we all have to do our, pay our dues. I watched Wonder Woman. Pay our dues. I watched Wonder Woman. You watch Aquaman. Uh, Thomas, what I watched. You? I've sacrificed myself. I've thrown my my, my life at harm my <laughs> for for the podcast multiple times. I watched some shit this year. <laughs> I took some L's. I took uh, some big ones. I watched that Gabrielle <laughs> Union movie. What was it called? Fucking get in. <laughs> Yeah, I watched that movie. Wait, it's not called Get It. It's, it's called something like that. The Getaway? It's like the Break opposite out of Get Out. Like Breaking break In? It. It's like, Breaking In? 
I don't know what it's I called. I think we have. I, um, it it was I think we have two choices. Dude, we can Three watch, choices. We have so much other films I think we can watch other than Aquaman, and I really Actually, can't. We have some. We have a lot of big. We uh, can't choices here. I cannot watch. We could watch Jason Roma. Moore right, say I'll, I'll, I'll read my list that I have. Says, so we have uh, Welcome to Marwen. We have Bumblebee, Aquaman, and Mary Poppins Returns. No to all. No, of that. I, yeah, I say no to all of it except Marwen because that looks good, but. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe it is Aquaman. Maybe we do have to trash it. I'm not sure. This is a very pressing moment for me. I don't know what to pick. Man, my heart hurts. I think it's... Um, this is like the first Aquaman movie in a really long time. I think it's the only Aquaman movie. No, I think there's one from like the 80s maybe or something. Those don't, don't count. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We'll fucking watch this goddamn movie. Permission. I've read so much Permission about this movie aboard. like over the years. Starting from like 2001. The fucking worst line in the film. Dude, they put some bad lines what? in there. Worst pep talk ever. Permission to come aboard? Yeah, dude, dude, that's so, so fucking and, and you know what? Every time I go to my shitty little theater... Everyone loves hate, it. Everyone cracks up at that. I'm like... I, the end could you part- imagine being that small-minded? Could dude. you imagine? <laughs> like, how do you even not... How do you walk down the street without, like, running into poles? Goddamn, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> The worst part is the end of the trailer is just like redheads, right? And he jumps off and he screams. Redheads, like, right? Oh, and he's like, woohoo, woohoo! <laughs> How is he so uh, well cultured in, po- in pop culture when he lived under the ocean? He lived in a lighthouse. Oh yeah, whatever. I don't probably fucking yeah, know. I'm not a nerd. Wi-Fi in the lighthouse. Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's. <sighs> what do we do? Hey, you're the guy that talks to fish, right? God, it's gonna be so bad, dude. <laughs> I hate CGI fucking movies, dude. This whole film was shot on a green screen. There's like the dude. I, like, I saw the second trailer and it, they, when they go in the water, it has a weird like, uh, like they they copied off of the abyss a bit, like the design of the the creatures, the creatures and like the the fucking ships that they're, that they're I, using and the colors. I would say like this. The abyss. Not to we're already pre. All right, so we're doing a pre-review of this movie. We're trashing it. Uh, but I'm going to say one positive thing. There's one scene that actually looks pretty fucking cool in this movie. And I, it's, I guess I didn't see that. It's the scene where they're, when they're all, when it's basically they're diving into the water and they're getting chased by other things. I'm like, oh, it looks fun. Like, visually, that looks nice. Not that hard it, to do with CGI. Yeah, yeah, of course not. But I'm just saying, like, it looks nice. It's basically the, the Scott Snyder effect. Like, oh, that looks nice. Like. You know. <laughs> ah, I'm not convinced. Um, is that? I'm pretty huh? excited for the following week, though. I really want to see Holmes and Watson. And Vice? No, I'm not watching yeah. that. No, I, I think Holmes and Watson comes out this week. It says they're December 28th. So I see watching, 21. We're watching Aquaman. 21. Yeah, on firstshowing.net. I'm on IMDb. I don't know if that's always... It probably goes wide the week after or something. Yeah. All right, well, maybe Aquaman... <laughs> What do you guys think? See that uh, or Marwin? We're watching Aquaman. We already did a preview. All right, maybe we I'll go see it. Marwin, or maybe I won't. All right, you guys want to talk our uh, our topic? Sure. All right, so we're going to be talking about uh, live action movies that would work better as animated films. Uh, somewhat inspired by the Spider Man movie we just watched. I think Harvey brought it up that. Um, the ridiculousness of, of Spider-Man kind of works really well in this animated format compared to live action. So, uh, what are some other ones that that we think one. should be made? Um, mine's a weird deep cut. Really, mine's weird too. It's like super specific. Uh, 
I just instantly thought of like, do you want to go first, Tom? No, no, go first. Okay. Uh, so when when we this topic was brought up, I don't know why, but I thought of like a bad movie. But I thought production wise and artistic, like, like visually, I thought it was like very beautiful. And I'm like, it's like I could imagine this film like as an animated or like stock motion animation, like, and it's uh Guillermo del Toro's Crimson Peak. Uh. But I want it to be done by a specific studio. I want Leica Entertainment to do it. Leica Entertainment are the people who are, on, uh, who are behind Kubo and the Two Strings, Coraline, uh, Box Trolls, uh, Paranorman, uh, their Corpse Bride, the, the Tim Burton film. These guys do amazing work. It's like visually stunning. And I would love to see a very dark, very mature gothic romance film done in stock motion animation because I know it looks super fucked up. Like I, I don't know. Like, have you seen Crimson Peak? Nope. Uh, it's again, it's not Guillermo del Toro's best work, but just again, he, his level for detail and just like visual design, especially when it comes to like gothic, like horror, is beautiful. Still can't believe he won Best Picture. <laughs> Are you still sour about that? Yeah, I'm pretty sour about that. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's coming around again. So I mean, I guess you'd be sour about something else this year. I can't wait for our Oscar party. I'm not. I'm, I got super drunk last time. We just don't drink as much. Isn't that every get together? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that one specifically, you get more drunk. Yeah, I don't know why, but I remember uh, getting pretty drunk on that one. I mean, when when that one that was like, and that was so weird because this usually, is this is also gonna be a weird year for like Oscar picks because this, last year we had so many bangers towards the end of the year. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sporadic throughout this year. I think. Yeah, I feel like we should like have to revisit some. I feel like most of like the. Top fives came last year in like December, November. Yeah. Do you guys think the favorite will be up? Probably for like best costume. I think the favorite will be up for design. best picture. Ooh, that's bold. I don't think so. I haven't seen this film and I'm already making predictions. Maybe. Um, all just, right. So Crimson Peak. Yeah, Crimson Peak. I think. Have you guys seen it, Sean Harvey? No, I haven't seen it. I know you, uh, you reviewed it on our last podcast. Yeah. Uh, again, like there was story elements that just didn't work for me. Uh, I was hoping more for a little bit more. It was a dark story. It's actually pretty fucking like wild, but I, it just didn't. I don't know, just characters didn't work, and I, the story structure was kind of fucked. So if Guillermo del Toro can like rewind and kind of fix some of those areas, and then also get Leica Entertainment to do all the stock motion animation, you could have a really fucked up movie, mm. and I think it'd be super dope. So I hate to backtrack, but how? How did it win over Dunkirk? Are you talking about That's amazing to me. Are you still talking about yeah, Shape I'm of Water? Still talking about it. That's why we don't bring up Guillermo del Toro anymore. It's, it's incredible to me that anyone could say that's a better movie than Dunkirk. Um, yeah, maybe they want a maybe Hispanic just, winner. Yeah, maybe just a hater. Fuck off with that fucking trophy, like participation trophy shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Look, man, you don't need to give him the Oscar because he's Hispanic. If Nolan created a fucking masterpiece, you got to hey, give credit hey, where hey, credit is due. Del Toro created his own masterpiece. People thought that was beautiful. A beautiful story. Oh, I've never met them. Well, some people think it was beautiful. It was slightly above average. I don't I don't think it's slightly above average. I think it was really well done. I think there was some time and detail put into that film, and I don't think it was a slight... Slightly above average is like... Why are we getting backtracked on here? We can't talk Meh. about this movie. Meh. Harvey, what did you pick? 
Um, I think I gave it away prior to the show, or well, one of them. Um, Max Payne would be, I think Max Payne would be a I forgot that that was even a movie. How would you like... Yeah, but, yeah it was a real but, bad movie. But, like, how would you... Like, who would you want doing the art? Like, how would you picture that? Because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, yo, if I'm I, like... I, I didn't give much consideration to who would do the art and animation, but I think... Because um, that would be interesting, because I, I feel like it would like hinder more, like, noir, like how Sin City was, but, like, I guess, obviously more... Yeah, I, I would imagine it fairly dark. Um, I don't know, for some reason, I'm thinking, like, the Batman, uh, <laughs> the Batman series. Um... That wasn't like particularly dark, but the, it did a great job of uh, setting up a really dark and sort of noir style world. Yeah, uh, or in city in Gotham, and I think um, I don't know. I think animation would lend itself to like a story like Max Payne. Um, well, Max Payne lends itself to like animation. It's just a very dark and uh, very animated sort of story in the first place. It is, um, it's, it is shot, like, or the story is told through, like, comic book, right? I think, Panels. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ridiculousness in that uh, Mark Wahlberg movie. And it just looked goofy. I think that it could be done much better through animation. Who do you think should do the voice of Max Payne? Um, that's a good question. You you wouldn't want Mark to reprise uh, his role. I would, do, I would say John Mulaney. John Mulaney. <laughs> 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 um, Sick. How about the guy from the movie? I mean the game. Yeah, his voice is great. Um, I think John Hamm would be solid too. Actually, who did uh, like gruff John Hamm? Yeah. I would like that. But who did the voice for uh, Max Payne in uh, in Max Payne Three? I don't know. Uh-huh. I have no but, idea because that was like quintessential. Yeah, they, I, I think they he really switched, hit the... switched guys. But yeah, I don't yeah, they did switch was. guys from one and two. I think they switched his entire face. The guy who did the first two actually worked on the game. Oh, yeah, as a creator and animator. They're like shit. We need a voice actor. Um, yeah. yeah, I think this. I have another. Uh, the second one would be um, Mad Max. Um, I think it would be better. I don't think it would be better. I think it'd be interesting. All the oh, Maxes. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it'd be could be better, but I think it would be some really good animated movies. Um, yeah, just the same thing. Like that story and that. I think that universe would look really cool. Talking in animation. about the, the first one or the Fury Road. Um, I think all of them. Yeah, just the whole I'd, I'd, I'd like to see it as like animation. a yeah. I'd like to see it as like a franchise. I think that specifically the latest one, Fury Road, is just ridiculous uh, visually, and I think uh, that, that color. Tra- yeah, I think that could translate well to uh, animation. Yeah. yeah, the use of color would be insane. I'd watch it. I'd watch the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. If it were like a series too, like a basically Borderlands, like if movies, you think about it. Yeah, it's it, basically Borderlands. Yeah, Borderlands. That would be interesting, like a cel shaded animated version. No, that's what I was Mad thinking. Yeah. That'd be pretty mm-hmm. cool. I'd watch it. Cool. That's it for me. Uh, I have two picks, too. Um, the first one, this one was um, high concept, which uh, these directors are known for that just didn't work, which is Cloud Atlas. I actually think that uh, this movie would uh, be better um, by Studio Ghibli somehow. Dude, I was thinking like that. I could definitely see that anime. like Yeah. That, that just because style. I think that the I think the concept is great. The idea that uh, everyone's like tied to some sort of ancestor that we share their pain and emotions throughout time. And that we're somehow connected that way. It it makes you think of, uh, sorry to interrupt, it just makes me think of uh, Assassin's Creed every time. Yeah, in a way. I think that would look cool uh, with colors. And uh, I think that the pacing is halted by uh, moving bodies, the way the actual film was structured. 
So I think that would be good as a, as an anime. And I think those guys, obviously, they they're fans of anime. I think they could redo it themselves. Yeah, uh, you know, be better. You know who I uh, when I when you said that, you know who I think would uh, be great to direct it. Uh, R.I.P. But Satoshi Kon. Okay. And his way of like transitioning through scenes, right? And how the way he can yeah be that would easily, work yeah like how the way he can transition yeah I can definitely see that yeah so yeah I think that would be much much better. Um, also another one a strange pick I actually am a fan of this film but I think it would, could be different in a good really good way animated, um, and that is the fountain. I think that the fountain the concept is beautiful and I think that budget and issues cause it to not look the best at the time and i think anime would wash that away and obviously because it's probably a little bit cheaper because you can draw sets obviously and i think that um the tone the emotional tone of the movie would be great in anime form or not anime animated form and uh i haven't seen that yet it's, it's a been good watch. T- it's been 20 years it's it's been out i should watch it right i haven't it's re- either it's really good you want to have a movie uh watch party I mean, in theory, yes, but are we going to do it? Gonna I don't know. We, don't do mm. we always uh, joke about uh, our plan. Watch That's parties. not true. Me and Tom actually, me, Tom, and Tappy. Into and, the wild? Uh, yeah, into the wild. Yeah, I forgot it's, about that. Yeah. Um, What's your choice? Oh, mine is a weird deep cut, um, but I just remember thinking this while watching this not good movie. Um, Gangster Schwad? No, no, I don't no, know no. why. <laughs> no, uh, you remember Bright on Netflix? <laughs> imagine half animated but uh, no but just imagine well i think I don't, I don't know i feel like there's some prosthetics yeah um i i think like a japanese animation of, of like a dystopian tokyo this movie would work better you know what like in tokyo there's like orcs and elves and shit and like it's dystopian you know, future you're saying that i'm actually thinking exactly who should do the animation uh, it's the same creators from uh the reboot of devil man crybaby that just released on Netflix, I can kind of see that working, that art style working for Bright. Because it's like such a contrast, like it's such a weird world. Yeah. But like so how... Like, uh, Akira or Cobra? Mm, <laughs> fucking Cobra, dude. You always mention that show. I don't Doesn't think it exists. Exist. <laughs> we saw it. Why would somebody make a fake figure from my head? It's the Mandela effect. It's like he swore this cartoon existed when he was a kid. I'm like, dude, I've never heard of this show. <laughs> we saw the action figure. <laughs> so you could Google it and find it, but I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to believe it's, it exists. We're going to have a watch party of Cobra. Okay. The whole series? <laughs> no, it's a movie. It wasn't a series. Oh, yeah. fuck. All right. No, I, I can see exactly I just how think, that would I just think the, um, the fucking orcs and the elves did not fit in like a kind of future la and like it just just looked ridiculous though yeah it didn't work i think it could work though in like a like a final fantasy setting a little bit but like urban not like mystical but like set in a city i feel like that would work same same plot like the you know the plot isn't terrible and it wouldn't work um it wouldn't not work in in an anime it just yeah just feels corny as hell live action that movie's just, it just like oozes just, I don't know, like just yeah. watching the first 10 minutes of a movie, I'm like, I can't do this. I need to turn this off. Maybe do like a nice Japanese animation it. hybrid where they actually like get Will Smith to voice the guy. Um, it's just inspired by Japanese animation. That'd be cool. Sean, this show looks so amazing. What, Cobra? <sighs> yeah. Watch party. Chill. But yeah, that's it. That's it for us there. 
Uh, we got to play the game now. I don't know how we're doing this. Show and I are immune? I don't know if it's going to work like that. <laughs> no. No, 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 okay, no, so no, I'm no. immune? No, oh, no, we no. We can no. reset and just everybody play. Yeah, everyone's playing. Yeah, All let's right. reset. Steve, the dice. Oh. Why oh, is it not here? It's because I was Get playing. Get how, how often do you... What do you play with that? Like on a weekly basis. What game is he playing? D&D? Should I jerk off? He's playing... Uh... <laughs> Should I jerk off? <laughs> Rolls the dice. <laughs> <laughs> if I get a six or higher, I'm jerking off. Ten or higher, we're doing butt stuff. Do I remember fucking Dom Mazzetti on Probably would make a better space for this. You guys know Dom Mazzetti on YouTube? I've showed you him. He has yeah, that should I jerk off chart. He's like, I'm gay. You're in luck. Gay guys jerk off too. You're jerking off. Because I lost last week, I'll go first. So, do we explain the game? Yeah, you know? so we're going to play if Get Wrecked. If you're new, listen up. Yeah, Get Wrecked. We're going to roll a 12-sided die. Uh, th- th- we're going back to old school rules this this week to reset the platform. Um, basically, whoever rolls the lowest is going to be assigned a movie by the person that rolls the highest number. Sean, roll away. Wait, I just had a brain fart. Did we pick the movie for next week? Yes. Al- Aquaman? Yeah. Aquaman. Unfortunately. Okay. All right, here we go. Sean got a six. Six is not, not his best work. Not great. Can't fucking in the middle. You got a one. So oh, fuck. Sweet. Come on, guys. I have, I have a busy week coming up. Eight. Not bad. God damn it, mother. Seems like they have another cunt. movie. Maybe. Got <sighs> to get doubled up. Seven. Jeez. There we go. Fucking Christ. Harvey's on a damn, Harvey's right winning three, every week. Three right, weeks Harvey. in a row. You got to mix it up, though. I can't do another horror movie. I mean. Innkeepers. <laughs> if Beale, give me if Beale Street could talk. Give him that one movie you're a fan of, The Rider. It's on Ooh. Amazon now. I mean, all right, Shoma, I'm going to give you a, a movie called Black Dynamite. Nice. I'm I'm familiar with this film. Um, Great. Is it the the Black Kung Fu Hustle, essentially? Uh, like it's, it's, it's in the style. Yeah, it's kung. It has uh, martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean that it's like um, almost parody esque. I mean, it's like Undercover Brother. It's a it's like a modern black exploitation film. I think that uh, some of it, some of the satire is definitely like tongue in cheek, and so yeah, def. I guess it feels like parody to a degree. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's a word that could work. I'm down for it. Great. Well, top five movies of all time is Kung Pao. So, just oh, yeah. kidding. No, I'm kidding. But I do love that movie. Chosen one. Chosen one. All right, cool. Black Dynamite. Let's do it. All right. All right, that's it for us. Um, thanks for listening. We're all back together again. The family is all all back under one roof. For now. For now. For now until Steve calls out next week again. Yeah, I might be working. Are you? No, you're not. Oh, I might be in Florida. Mm, Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> um, so we're, t- we're taking applications for new co-hosts. Um, if you email on the, the on demand person, our email. Uh, we we need just a, someone just to come actually, in. You know, I'm probably, yeah. actually, I'll probably be out next week. Hey, <laughs> oh shit! I have to go upstate. Yo, it's Christmas time. It we're is doing, Christmas. We're doing phone reviews. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's almost like we're recording this goddamn right. episode. Uh, Instagram story. Hit us reviews. up on uh, our website, do the right You can shoot us an email. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. 
Um, Did you say Twitter with like a French accent? Yeah, Twitter. Is that how they say it? Twitter. Yeah, you can't replicate it now. You lost. Uh, it. I did. Um, yeah, definitely check us out. Connect with us. Uh, message me your Switch friend code uh, <laughs> so we can play Smash Bros. If you're playing that game, and leave us a review. Yeah, leave us a review. Oh yeah, definitely. more importantly, leave us a review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about this? If you play me in Smash, if I beat you, you have to use, leave a review. <laughs> is, that, is that how it works? That's how it's going to work. That's how it's always worked. And he, he dictates what you say. Yeah. All right. Write this. Okay. <laughs> I'm like uh, Mahershala Ali in the uh, the trailer for Green Book. Put this down. The distance between us is breaking my spirit. There you go. We keep quoting the fucking trailer, but don't <laughs> yeah, watch the movie. Seen the fucking I've seen movie. the trailer so many times. That's why. <laughs> seen the trailer more times than I've seen any movie. No, it's pathetic, right? I'm going to watch it one day. Yeah, we'll watch it. What movie? Green, Green Book. Book. Oh, yeah, my girlfriend wants to see it really bad. All right, that's it for us. Um, thanks for listening. Hope you all have a, a great Christmas. Actually, I think we'll be back before Christmas. We right? will. We will. Yeah, we will. Maybe. Okay. We have one Maybe. more episode. Well, some of us might not be. The episode, next episode Sh- should be released on Christmas. Review, we'll do a two-man. All right, well, then this will be your Christmas present. The next episode. Christmas Spectacular? Yeah. Aquaman. God bless. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> That's a shame. So, wait, you guys pick movies you're not going to review? <laughs> I just realized. I, 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 I just remembered that I'm I did, Yeah, no, I just, it just hit me. I'm like, because like, I'm planning to go to Florida for like a weekend, and I'm like, fuck. You're prohibited. Well, well you're not giving you the paid time off. I mean, um, I didn't know we get it in the first place. You don't. This is why you're not going. Uh, anyways, that's it for us. Thanks for listening. Um, enjoy, Steve. <clears throat> you need a catchphrase. This is just hard to listen to. <laughs>